Alrighty, uh, welcome back to CCW's Coliseum Podcast. We are wrestling with Romans. Uh, my name is Grace. I am one of our fellows at Campus to City Wesley, and I am so happy to be hosting today's podcast. Um, yeah, so today we are joined by Ty. Y'all know Ty. Um, we are also joined by Annalise, one of our students who has recently joined team. Um, and we're so, so happy to have Annalise. And then we are also joined by our special guest today, Tiffany. And Tiffany, would you be willing to share just a bit about yourself so we can get to know you and, and all of our listeners as well? Sure, sure. Well, my name is Tiffany McCall. I'm the pastor at First United Methodist Downtown Jacksonville. Um, one of the things I like most is mission outreach. I'm just one of those go-getter out there kind of people. And so I love serving God and serving others. And I love um, having conversations with the next generation. I learned so much from, from um, those who are coming up behind me, you know, so I'm just excited to be here and looking forward to the conversation. Awesome. All right. So our text today, y'all might have heard it if you were at any of our gatherings this past week, but we are looking at Romans and we are going to be in Romans 8. Um, we're looking at verses 12 through 39. And so you should be familiar with our three questions at this point, but we're going to be discussing what we liked, what challenged us, and where we find a blessing. So to get us started, um, I will kind of talk about what I liked in this passage, um, but starting off right at verse 12, um, I looked at a couple different translations, and I usually love the NRSV, but I had a very hard time with that for this passage. It felt very back and forth. Um, a couple weeks ago, when Ty was was discussing his passage, especially um, during our Wednesday night gathering, we were just discussing how it felt very like muddled and very kind of back and forth and cloudy. And it, it was hard to pick out what, what was really happening in it. Um, and so I had to abandon my NRSV for today and I went for just the common English Bible. Um, and so it starts off and it says, so then brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it isn't an obligation to ourselves to live our lives on the basis of selfishness. And so um, I really love the idea of this obligation, um, which is kind of strange because I usually don't love when we're like obligated to do something. Um, if y'all have heard me in any conversation, then you know that I love philosophy. And so I really hold on to this, to this idea of like what we owe to each other. Um, if you've watched The Good Place, I, I am cheaty and I make it everyone's problem, but we, um, the both of us, me and this character, Chidi, really focus on what we owe each other, um, and also what we owe ourselves, even though we're not supposed to be focused on this selfish obligation, right, but I like what this passage does in terms of thinking of how we owe others things, rather than just being focused on ourselves, but also what God and Jesus choose to do for us because of what we are owed, even though, right, like it's not talking about what we innately deserve. It's talking about how, 
how Jesus chooses to give all, all these things up, it it still comes across as no, because God loves us and because Jesus loves us and because God made us, we are kind of emotionally owed these things in the sense of like, okay, I cherish you. And so because I cherish you, these are the things you deserve. And so that really, uh, that really speaks to me. But um, to start us off, Tiffany, I would love to hear what you have to say about this. <laughs> well, I was thinking about what you said about obligation. And so I, I really like that term. I didn't look at, at the common English. <laughs> I stuck with the NRSVC. And, and so I, 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 I was thinking of that word uh, as, as confinement in a sense. You know, sometimes we feel like we are confined to doing things one way, being confined to the flesh versus um, being open and free to live by the spirit, um, to be guided by um, things of God, not necessarily things that we, we see and taste and feel, you know, the natural senses and all that stuff. So I was thinking um, of freedom to not be confined. You know, sometimes in, in our life as humans, we are very confined to the things that control our bodies, control our thoughts. You know, we're attached to um, to different things. We're, we're attached to a culture. We're attached to um, our ethnicities. We're, I mean, we're attached to a lot of stuff. And I think what Paul is saying is you're free. You don't have to be attached to that anymore. Um, with Christ comes something new, something fresh, a spiritual kind of life that we have to learn to embrace. And so that that's kind of what I was thinking when I when I when I got that, but I really love the, the sense of obligation because it what you said, because it makes it um it speaks volumes to me because I do feel obligated to 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 share Christ with others. I, I do feel obligated to love others, you know, and so and that takes away from self you know, thinking about others. And so um, I love that word. So I, I didn't think about that. So thanks for, for sharing that with me <laughs> today. You know, Tiffany, thank you though for unraveling the NRSV because <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm glad you could do it. Um, and yeah, that, that just completely changes the narrative, right? Of thinking about it in terms of confinement versus obligation, mm -hmm. right? Um, and thinking about this like mutual responsibility versus, you know, being, you know, taking away that freedom, um, which eventually gets into what challenged me in this text. So <laughs> I won't, I won't go too far yet. Um, but Annalise, would you be willing to, to share next what, what you liked about this? Of course. Um, I liked how much Paul emphasizes uh, that nothing can separate us from God's love. Um, or from our place as his children uh, and that being with him and through him, we can be strengthened and glorified uh, within and despite of our suffering. So like no event, no person is strong enough to overcome that love and grace he has for us. Uh, and it's comforting to know like we're not alone in our greatest suffering. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that's like, I'm so happy that that's one of the verses that 
if you grow up in the church or at least in the church that I grew up in, that that's one of the verses that is just kind of drilled in, you know, is like nothing can separate you. And it lists a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it really lists so much. There's an old VBS song that's based on um, verse 31. Uh, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And I was like in the cafeteria writing my notes. And I was like, I need, I need to like track down that uh-huh. song because it's stuck in my head. Is it, again. The, um, is it, is it Chris Tomlin? Is it the like, our God is great? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I love, um, I don't know. I guess I'm going to get a little, a little too, I guess not too nerdy. But, um, thinking about that, that nothing can separate us. And then everything, um, in 38 and 39, it says neither death nor life nor angels nor rollers nor present or future, blah, 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 blah. Um, the Bible does this thing sometimes, and I wish that I had the exact word for it. Um, Tiffany, you might be able to help me out, but I love what the Bible does where it, it discusses these two extremes of a spectrum. And so instead of like the intent with that, instead of identifying just this one thing on the far left or the one thing on the far right, um, or how, however the spectrum is laid out, right? Um, it by identifying both things at the extreme ends of the spectrum, it is supposed to like encapsulate every single thing happening within it. Um, and so whenever I see these like giant comparisons in the Bible now, that's what I think about is just like, okay, well, we're thinking about angels and rulers and what else is this? encompassing and it's not talking about height or depth it's that and every little thing um (laughs) yeah yeah I I I really like that also Annalise and um I, I like the way you all put that together because um it's a God's love is just like it's for us you know, it's for us. Like even it tells us in the text, he's he's for us. You know, and so um, we don't have to worry about or allow um, the the physical or even our cultural confinements or restraint to keep us from celebrating who we are in Christ and and growing in that and and just living free we're free and I think that's what Paul is saying in this this text there is a freedom when you have a relationship with God and nothing can penetrate that because God is God you know it it really to me it kind of lets us see the the um power of God the authority of God right there you know and so um we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to live in fear. We don't have to do what everybody else is doing, you know, <laughs> because, because we have a God who, who has liberated us, you know? And so walking that is, I think what Paul is saying, you know, you got it. You're more than a conqueror. You know, there's so much more to you than your flesh, so much more to you than, than what you see, smell and taste so much more to you than what's going on around you or what's going on in the news or, you know, so many things, you know, that are going on around us in our culture today. We're bigger than that you know, and our God is bigger than that. And so, um, and we're free to live these wonderful, happy spirit filled lives, <laughs> um, without being controlled or confined by those things. So, yeah. 
And it, it gives me a good empowering feeling to know that I'm loved and I'm loved. Um, and um, I don't have to, I don't have to put on a mask, you know, to be something that I'm not, you know, just be who God created me to be. So I, I just think that's, that's in there as well. That's awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Ty, Ty, my man, what do you have to say? Well, I really latched on to um, a specific word that was used twice in um, starting in verse 22 um, and then going down into through verse 26, the word is groaning. Um, verse 22 says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Um, not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. And he goes on to say um, in verse 26, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Um, and I love this, like this image of like, not, not being somebody like if I am, if I am struggling with something, if I'm going through something um, or the, you know, the collective, we, the, you know, the Royal, we are struggling as so many people are today. Um, and we, we are praying for, for help. We're asking for help. We're, we're all collectively groaning together. The idea that we're not just doing that as like, supplicants like we we are like the the god is with us and is groaning alongside of us and is feeling the things that we're feeling um and is struggling in the ways that we are um because like god has such a relationship and an understanding of of us and uh, of humanity and like is so deeply intertwined with that as we like as a community are intertwined with each other and we can feel the, um, you know, there's like the, these threads that we can kind of pluck out of different connections that we have. Um, and I think God is intertwined in all of that as well. Um, and it, it's sort of, um, T uh, Tiffany, you said something earlier about that God's love is for us. And I, I was thinking about that and continuing that thought to say that God's love is with us. It's among us. It's, it's not, um, it's not just up there. Um, it's, it, it's, it's here alongside of us. So I really uh, was encouraged by that. Do you mind if I chime in here? Go for it. Um, I, I really love that you pulled out that groaning word because it stuck with me too. Um, but I wasn't sure exactly um how I was going to wrestle with that, that word, because what it took me, what it made me remember was in uh, Matthew five, where Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he says, blessed are they that mourn for they will be comforted. Um, I, I saw that groaning kind of like the morning, you know, like um, 
the grieving for a relationship with God. You know, the, the soul um, of, of humanity um, has gone through a traumatic experience. When we talk, when we talk about sin and all of those things that that's trauma. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's trauma to the soul. And so in order to break through that trauma, we, we couldn't do it by ourselves. We had to have Jesus in order to, to kind of continue to grow. We have to, to mourn actually being poor in spirit is knowing your condition, recognizing your condition and mourning that. And, and, and longing a sense that groaning is like, a, to me, like a longing for God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as a form of prayer without words. And, and um, I think God meets us. He meets us at that point and, 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 and carries us through, you know, <laughs> it, it's just amazing the work that God does without us ever even fully recognizing it, you know? Um, and so I think he meets us at that, 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 that grieving, that groaning, and he covers us. And he just simply guides us gently, gently until we get where he wants us to be. It's like uh, on the journey. It's like a, he just takes us on this journey and kind of step by step, heal our brokenness and heal our traumatic experience you know it's um I, I i use that word trauma because we understand that word in this day and age we know what it's like to go through something and we know what it's like to grieve and i think that's what happens um when we were in that groaning kind of kind of phase you know i could be wrong but that's just my thoughts um <laughs> so but you know it is what it is yeah no no i i'm with you on that i i, I think that it's just something that I don't, I don't think about enough, um, Mm -hmm. that I I have this, um, this instinct that tells me, um, that, you know, when I'm struggling with something and I'm going through a thing and, and I need, I need help with that. I I need to, Mm -hmm. to give that up to something that's bigger than me, that it's kind of like sending an email, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and it, and it goes up into, into the sky and then hopefully I'll, uh, you know, I'll have some sort of divine, whatever come down and, and be, uh, you know, guiding me through that later <laughs> after I've kind of done some of the work on my own, but it, it's this completely different image of being one with God in my, in my fears, in in my pain and as I process, Mm -hmm. um, as I grieve and it, I think it, at least for me, it is, it is, uh, an image that is lost on me far too often. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Isn't it? And and what's, what's, what's really amazing is that he wants to be right there with us. (laughs) You know, he, he wants to be with us, you know, and he wants us to grow and he wants mm-hmm. us to call for him. Exactly. And, and we have to be willing to surrender our 
um, God syndrome, you know, our, our, we can take care of it ourselves. You know, I, I struggle with that sometimes, you know, um, I think I can handle it, but you know, I really can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really need him. Yeah. So, I, I think uh, you, yeah, letting go, yeah. letting go and letting God, you, you and me, I think we're, we're both, <laughs> we're probably just both stubborn people, you know, <laughs> I get that. I'm, I'm real stubborn. I, I don't, I don't like to ask for help too much and and I, yeah, I can do, I can do it on my own. I'll get through it, you know. Mm-hmm. I love that. So. Well, I mean, I'm so glad that we took the time to talk about um, the spirit, like understanding our groanings and like interceding, and also being present in those groanings. It's like my favorite concept in the whole Bible. That is like Holy Spirit and I are besties. First off, but I just, it's like it's my favorite thing in the entire Bible, and it is just so fulfilling um which because of that it pushes me closer to um the blessing that I see in this but for now uh, while we're talking about being stubborn and this wanting to be God and feeling like God is up there a couple emails away um how about we move into our challenges um so Annalise would you be willing to start us off tell us about your challenges in this text or where it where it pushed you um i feel like the concept that that challenged me the most and maybe i'm cheating cuz it's like an idea that is both comforting and challenging um nope not allowed the idea that Seth- not allowed <laughs> oh okay well then i'm going to pass <laughs> Um, the idea that suffering is necessary for goodness, because um, uh, Paul talks about how, uh, um, like, our present sufferings, uh, like, they're not worth comparing with uh, the glory that will be revealed in us, and, like, there is suffering that comes with being a Christian, and and that is good, it's, it's worthy, um, but, like, also, as uh, a person who... Uh, like rests very heavily on their emotions um, and like wants very desperately to see wonder and beauty in everything. Uh, it could it could very easily lead me to like romanticizing suffering um, and like the idea that the suffering is the good part rather than finding goodness uh, within and through the suffering. Um, and so like. It, it ranges from a very helpful verse, like you, you are going to be okay. There is goodness in this to being very detrimental and like staying in that suffering and thinking that that's where we're supposed to be. And like, we're not supposed to move out of it. Yeah. Yeah. What, Annalise, do you know your Enneagram? I'm a four. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I wanted to make sure because definitely I four. am also a four. So I definitely, I I resonated a lot um, with your, with your idea of romanticizing suffering, right? Because it's a lot of times, like, either as fours or in like this general narrative sometimes, um, depending on like which sect of Christianity you're in, right? Like the message is that we're supposed to struggle because you don't grow unless you struggle, which is fair like growth comes out of difficult times and it's probably the part that I hate the most but (laughs) but you know like a lot of times this narrative is like you know that you're doing the work because you're struggling and it's like 
whenever you're struggling, then you're supposed to celebrate and you're supposed to be happy that you're struggling. And it's sometimes it's this really beautiful thing. And sometimes it's this like romanticizing of the struggle when like there's a different perspective you could go with. Um, yeah, <laughs> Tiffany, do you have something? Yeah, I think I think the struggling piece um, is is an ongoing thing for, for, for me, and I'm glad Annalise brought that out because that is a huge part of, you know, uh, it's a huge fight actually with me, <laughs> and and um, I think that. Um, the struggling does produce growth, but the, in the image that I see in my mind, when I think of the struggle, I think, I think of the potter and the clay, you know, uh, golly gee, melting down and remolding, you know, God just remolds us. And when, that's a lot of work, you know, and, that, and, and, and if we're not made quite right, he's got to take pieces off and smooth it down and then heat it up again. You know, it, that's a lot of, lot of work. And um, that can be very painful going through these struggles. And I don't know about you guys, but I really don't like pain. Um, uh, but I'm, <laughs> but, but I, I try to be hopeful and, continue to remember that there's light at the end of the tunnel and that I'm being remade and, re and remolded. And so um, that's where I find the, the struggle as well. And I, I just, I take joy in knowing that God is doing a new thing in me and, and, and I will see it um, when he's, when he's complete. <laughs> <laughs> but the feeling of the now is, is difficult. You know, I don't romanticize it. Um, I, I, I do everything I can to prevent the struggle, but the struggle is real. And, and um, so we, I understand they have to go through it. So I just kind of uh, push forward. <laughs> Isn't that the worst? Just the mm -hmm. waiting? Yes, um, patience. Oh, that's it's like, spirit. yeah, it'll happen one day, but but why can't it happen right now? Why do I have to go through this whole character character development? Right? It's mm -hmm. I saw I saw um a meme the other day and it was saying like if I have to go through any more character development, I'm gonna develop into the villain. Like <laughs> it's tough. It's tough times out here. Mm. Um so Tiffany, what um what challenged you? Did you um also resonate with Annalise in that, or did you have something else in this text that well that challenged I resonated you? with Annalise, but I just the 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 struggle I think is an ongoing struggle that we all have, and you know with with the challenge of living in the spirit versus living in the confinement of culture um, because we've been taught certain things. Everybody on here has been taught certain things or we have caught something from parents and teachers and all these different play, different groups that we're involved with, they shape us. And so um, allowing God to shape us versus 
that stuff, meaning we have to really kind of unattach ourselves from all of that stuff so that so that we can be open to um, move in the spirit of God, you know? And so I think that for me is one of the, the greatest challenges. And, but it's also confidence. Paul gives us confidence when he says nothing can separate you from God, girl. Come on, you can do it. It's like he's a cheerleader for us. And so I take comfort in knowing that that God is with me and and I can move forward. And so but 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 it's an everyday day struggle to not be confined to the things of this world. Um but to move and breathe with the spirit of God and allow God to help me form and make decisions and um, practice loving community with other people. Yeah. <laughs> it is an everyday thing. Gosh, <laughs> you know, you wake up and it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. this again, I am mm-hmm. again, I like to resonate with the really like sad, like cranky Psalms. Um, and that's where verse 36 takes me where it's like, you know what, maybe I am a sheep going for the slaughter, you know, that is how it feels today. (laughs) Um, Ty, I want to hear your challenges. Well, I just, I struggle with the idea of, um, and I don't think this is uncommon for somebody who has grown up United Methodist. Um, I struggle with the idea of predestination, and there is some predestination mentioned in this passage, um, specifically starting um, in verse 28. Um, it, you know, it, it's it's typical, you know, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. And I don't know. I mean, it sounds kind of, it sounds kind of nice at first read, but then, I, you know, I... The, the, the thing that I love, and this gets, I'm going to, spoiler alert, that the blessing for me that comes from this passage is the very end uh, of our text, you know, the uh, death nor life, angels nor demons, nor this nor that can separate us from the love of God. But when I read about like this predestination stuff at the very, you know, a few uh, verses before that, and then I get down to this, nothing can separate you from the love of God, except apparently god himself like i i just i don't i it seems like there's such a um uh a contradiction there to me um so my challenge isn't super deep i just i just um i think when 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 we talk about predestination um it it, it ends up becoming an us versus them kind of conversation. Um, it ends up becoming, you know, who, who is truly here to inherit the kingdom? Um, is it, is it everybody or is it just, you know, these few people? Am I one of those people? Uh, you know, are you one of those people? Like, I believe, yes, I believe everybody is, um, but that's because we have this nice little um, weighted 
comfort blanket of convenient grace <laughs> that uh, sort of keeps us safe and happy. Um, so thanks, Wesley. I'm glad you brought that out, um, Ty. I, I, I looked at that um, predestination. I said, I'm not going to touch this theological issue <laughs> because it really is. And being a Methodist, I just don't, I struggle with that as well. That's because I believe that, that, that word in this context is talking about all believers, not some people and separate. It is talking about everybody, um, that God, God created all, you know, so I think all of us are included in that. I believe, I really solely believe in an inclusive father who loves all of his children. Um, and, and so, and, and that with the desire for all of us to, to um, be reunited in relationship with him. And so I think that when Paul gets to the piece about nothing can separate us from him, he makes it clear that we are all predestined to be with God. But at the same time, it is a choice that we make. We can either choose to live by the spirit and or to live by the things of this world. It is a choice. And we were created with the things of the spirit, um, the, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, all of the, that fruit, that gentleness, um, self-control. We were created with those things from God. It is the trauma of sin that, that, that has kind of overshadowed those things. You know, when we, you can find some really good people who've been hurt and they, they behave badly because of their hurt. Um, that's just us. <laughs> That's us. And we have to learn to push through and um, and embrace that other part of us. That's we're spirits. We're spirit beings. And so um, we have to learn it because we don't know it. We've been taught something totally different. And so we have been living um, basically a lie, you know, that you're just this. You're just your own. You can't do any more than what what is put in front of you. You know, what is um, tangible, you know. No, God's, God is bigger than that. And he created us with great capability and we can do it, uh, we, but we can't do it by ourselves. We have to be in connection with one another. You know, so um, when I see predestined, I see all of us. I see all of God's children. So, and so I, I think we should hold on to that um, and just kind of move in it. And I love the way that Paul takes us from the suffering that we're going through right here and now to understanding that there's something beyond our suffering, you know, something beyond um, the, the pain and sorrow that we're actually dealing with. And that something is a relationship with God, which is, which frees us, you know? So I'm empowered by, by this text. I'm glad y'all chose it because I love the whole chapter. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you you bringing that up and 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 speaking on that. Uh, and, and I I agree with you that that the, the the conversation of predestination is is certainly a um, difficult theological conversation. Um, there are people on the totally other end of the spectrum that you know that think that there it's just a few and um and and that's fine. We can argue about that. Um, but I. What, what you say about, about community really, I mean, CCW, that is like a, the, 
the biggest part of what we do is creating intentional Christian community um, for 18 to 24 year olds in Northeast Florida. Um, and that just, you know, the, the doing it together, the everybody being chosen, everybody is welcome here at this table is such a powerful image. Um, and so th thank you for, for um, expanding on that yeah. a bit. Yes. Yeah. So I, I was kind of going a similar way, Tiffany is because Ty, I, I also saw the, the predestination part in here. And it's like, ugh, because every time, right. And it can be this beautiful passage. And then I see this little verse that people can use to hurt people. And I'm like, ugh, like it's just ruining it for me. Um, and like, for me, that was 18, where it says present suffering is nothing compared to the coming glory that's going to be revealed to us, right? Because it feels like it's just throwing away my suffering. And again, as a four, like suffering's kind of nice sometimes. It's not, but it's like, but it's like, but I'm here and I'm struggling and I'm gonna, I have to sit in this for a minute so that then when I get out of it, it's this story, which can be good and can be bad. And it's, it's all of the things, but right? Like it feels like this burst where people are just throwing away your suffering and it's comparing, it's this comparison game. Um, and I'm glad that we went to the predestination element um, later on, right? Because I kind of, I like what Paul does with this, where he mentions this predestination and it's like, well, everybody that God chooses gets to go. And so then at the end, it feels like this like big plot twist where it's like, but guess what? God <laughs> chooses all of us, mm -hmm. right? Because if God is the one in power, of course, God has the right to choose whoever God wants, right? So it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm glad that we choose the God that we do where everybody is part of that. Um, and I like how Paul specifically points out, like, it's not just the entirety of creation, but it's specifically us as humanity. Um, and so for our blessings, Tiffany, since you are on such a roll, I, I need to hear you first. What, what blessings did you pull from this passage? Um, the greatest blessing I think that I, I, I got from this, this text is that you can make it. You're an overcomer and I'm with you. I'm with you. You're not alone. And, and that's empowering to me um, to know that no matter what, God has my back <laughs> and I can trust and depend on God. And um, I don't have to, to, um, to worry or to be um, confined by, by my, sorrows you know i don't have to wallow in it you know i, I can have joy uh and knowing that god is with me and uh, and celebrate that you know i think that's what sunday morning is all about celebrating that i'm not captive and that i i have joy in knowing that god loves me and god chose me and um i can live with 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 that yes yes i I love the the celebration element that you brought in, right? Because all of these things are true. And yes, God is with us. And yes, we 
are going to overcome it because of that. Um, and I just love the fact that it becomes a celebration for us, right? It's not just, it is a truth, but it's not just a truth. It's a truth that we carry with us and we are just encapsulated in. And it's this big, big, beautiful thing that we celebrate on the daily. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ty, how'd you get blessed? Uh, I just, I mean, it's whenever I get to this part, it, it's like, I, I just feel, it feels pretty basic. My, I, the, um, uh, 838 was like back when I was like a rebellious, like 17 year old, but I was also like, like a rebellious youth group, 17 year old. I was like, I'm going to get that tattooed on my arm someday. And I never did. I don't have any tattoos, but, um, but it was like, that's my, that's my, that's my, um, my teenage tattoo verse. Uh, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the presence nor the future, uh, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Just like, I mean, what else is there? I mean, I know there's like a whole other Bible right but like i think if there are a few verses in the in this book i think that sum up everything so well and i'm not the kind of person that encourages somebody just to take one verse and let that be everything they need to know um and i'm not saying that this is either but i think this is this gets pretty close to like the the feeling of, especially the feeling like a, somebody for the first time who is like, you know, making the decision to become a Christian and to follow Jesus um, or like in their, you know, in the baptism for the first time um, or the second or third time, if you're me, <laughs> um, like it's, there's, there's a feeling, there's that kind of mountaintop sort of vibe. And I think that this first captures that and every single time I read it I get encouraged um and so I was really happy um and honestly I was a little I didn't realize until like today that this was the the passage that we were going to be going through so I was really just jazzed up to um to get to read it and talk about it um but it, it does seem I feel like everybody's like oh my gosh that's my favorite one so it's kind of my favorite. It's sort of basic, but I love it. So it's so many of those oldie but a goodie yeah. ones in here, though, right? We have like eight twenty eight. Like we know that God works for all things together for the good of those who love God and according to His purpose. I don't know that that was always my friend's favorite, and every time I hear it now, I just hear her reciting it. Um, and I feel like as a group after this, we just need to all go get. A thirty-eight tattooed on us. <laughs> Ty, you don't have to do it. Like you already like went through that, but like yeah. you already decided it wasn't for you. But I feel like us in solidarity, like it's just all over our arm. Um, <laughs> Annalise, Annalise, tell me about your blessings. You guys kind of already talked about it, um, but I kept going back to the verses about the Holy Spirit's intercession. 
Um, and I sort of landed with like, even when we don't know what we want or need, God, here's our hearts, um, here's our groanings and like provides for us through that. Um, and like recently I've been trying very hard to lean into the prayer, not my will, but yours be done. Um, cause I'm like, there are things that like I want and I'm like, Hey, it'd be great if this happened, but also, uh, you know, it might not be what I need. So I'm like, I'm bringing what I want because we're, we're, we're supposed to, we're supposed to be able to like ask for things. Um, but I don't always know what I need. Um, but I know I can ask him to provide for me anyways, and he'll know what's best for me. Uh, and so there's like a, a comfort in releasing that. Be like, I want this, but I, I know that you know what's best. And so I'm asking for that instead. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Can, I, can I share one, one other thing? Um, Ty, Ty, Ty read this passage and um, this is something that stuck with me the whole time when I first read it, it was about being convinced is when Paul says, I am convinced that, you know, and so I'm like, he, he's so empowered. He's so, I, I look at the um, enthusiasm, the joy, the faith and confidence. He's so confident. He just, he punches us in a sense, get it together, family. <laughs> you know, he's saying you got God. And it's like, I'm a, a mesmer I'm mesmerized by his confidence and his faith in God. It gives me such joy to look back and see this is how this is how uh, early Christians lived. They were radical with their love and confidence in God. I'm like, are we doing that now? So I ask myself that question: Are we doing that now? And how could we? So I'm blessed just by hearing Paul's um zest and love for God you know yeah Paul Paul's a character yeah he's all in <laughs> he is a character he is every single one of his ideas he's like fully committed which is great yeah. especially in this passage especially <laughs> here um so I, for my blessing, um, I know that I kind of spoiled it earlier and Annalise, you hit the nail head on. Um, but I, again, I just, I love this idea of the Holy Spirit's intercession with us. Um, and I knew about verse 26, where it says the spirit himself pleads our case with unexpressed groans. And like, for me, I feel like the Holy Spirit is like this ethereal, like, 30-something woman with long flowy hair who's just like, I am here with you. I'm I'm mixed together with you. It's gonna be okay. Like that's the Holy Spirit for me. That's how she's present. Um but yeah, I just I love I guess the overall blessing for me popped out in verse 16 earlier, where it says, um, the same spirit with a capital S agrees with our spirit that we are God's children. But this fact that one, I'm understood, but also that like we are intertwined is what is so special for me is just knowing like, like I, the Holy Spirit is in here. Um, and I, 
I always find a way to like just pop it into whatever sermon I'm giving. I'm like, and because we all have this portion of the Holy Spirit church, but it just, it is every time I think about this, it is comforting. It is, it is everything that I need it to be that like, we are just so intertwined with God and that like we physically and emotionally have this Holy spirit in us. Um, so before we wrap up, or I guess as we wrap up, um, we identify that Paul has some hot takes, right. And he's all in with these hot takes. And I know that earlier in the podcast, um, for our earlier episodes, people have given, They've, we've had like a silly question to start us off at the beginning before we get into the text. Um, but as we're closing is when I want to ask y'all, what is your hottest hot take? And if you don't have one, that's okay. Mine, I just, I feel like I needed to wait because I needed you to respect me while we talked about this passage. Um so I personally am a firm believer that milk goes before cereal. Like w- when you're eating a bowl of cereal, I just, I, I know that everybody always thinks that you need to put the cereal first and then just splash some milk on it. But like, here's the thing. If you're refilling your cereal, what's in your empty bowl? It's milk. You have milk. And so what are you doing with your cereal? You're pouring it on top of milk so why not maintain that consistency throughout and also it gives you the chance to maintain the optimal crunch to softness ratio in your cereal because you're going little by little i don't know i could go further and i know that everybody just rolled their eyes so either argue with me or change the topic (laughs) i've i've added a um I've added a new groan to my groaning and I know that God will be groaning alongside me um, as I wrestle with what you just had to say. Um, I think that you're, you're absolutely a hundred percent dead wrong. Um, But that's okay. Uh, You know, like, um, like many other theological and ethical conversations we're allowed to argue um, and we can still uh, be friends at the end of the day. My hot take, and it's not, I guess, not super spicy. Actually, it's the opposite of spicy. Uh, I, I don't think that ranch is very good. Um, I don't really like ranch dressing. I don't think, I think that it's like too thick and it's just like, I don't know. It's just like putting like, like, well, (laughs) it's kind of like just putting milk like on my salad. And I don't like that. Um, so I, I feel will. Like it's it's too easy to get bad ranch. Like good ranch is like astounding, amazing. I don't think good but ranch is too easy. It's too easy to get bad ranch. You you haven't had good <laughs> ranch. I think um, Grace is talking about good ranch has uh, completely melted her internet connection. I'll take my salads with a um, with a nice uh, French dressing, or my favorite is a uh, a balsamic. I'm a big fan of a of a balsamic. Um, it's it's delicious. So, ranch is bad. I disagree with 
those of your hot takes, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> I'll go with um, something that I have uh, ranted about ad nauseum with some of you. Um, Troy Bolton is objectively perfect from High School Musical um, and all of his friends are terrible people. Uh, and uh, he was unfairly villainized in High School Musical too. And if you have questions, I have written many, many words on this subject matter. <laughs> I, I agree with you completely. Um, as somebody who was a part of the cast of the stage uh, performance of High School Musical uh, at one time in my life, I can I can tell you that you're correct. Um, that Troy's friends are terrible, and and he was just you know a, a good guy with bad influences. Yeah. That's the whole plot of all three movies. <laughs> Tiffany, do you have any hot takes, or are you just I am amused by you all. <laughs> Honestly, honestly, yeah. I'm out of this one. <laughs> <laughs> and how interesting that God loves all of us in the middle of this. God loves the milk first people and the ranch deniers and Troy Bolton's friends somehow. <laughs> all righty. Well, um, on that note, it has been my biggest blessing is that we got to discuss the scripture together. Um, no, it, it has been a blessing. It has been wonderful to get to talk to y'all today. Um, and Tiffany, it was really especially great to, to meet you um, in, in computer world. And yeah, I am just so happy to be able to, to discuss scripture, especially with people like y'all. So um, thank you listeners for tuning in to the Coliseum podcast from Campus to City Wesley and we will see y'all or I guess you'll hear us next week. Thanks. Coliseum Podcast is a production of Campus to City Wesley, serving college-aged young adults in Jacksonville, St. Augustine, and Northeast Florida. Thank you to our host, our guests, our production staff for their work on this episode. We'll talk to you next week.